Thank you for joining us for the Lessons from First Naz podcast. This, I'm sure, is everyone's favorite Bible story, one you've heard just a million times. Can't wait to read again. While you're getting there, this is, again, Genesis 12. Um, this is a story early on in the life of Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah are uh, the first patriarchs, patriarch and matriarch of our faith. So they received this promise to go to the promised land, that through their, their descendants they would become a great nation, through their family, all the families of the earth would be blessed, through their nation, all nations would be blessed. Uh, and they obeyed, and they had a son, Isaac, who had twin sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob grew up and had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, And through their descendants, we have Jesus, who blessed all families, who brought salvation to all nations. Uh, And it it comes through the um, family of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Now, Abraham and Sarah... Those aren't their given names. So they're given names by their parents. Oh, goodness. I hope I'm just not making this up as far as pronunciation. Sorry. Again, English is, has become my third language, so we'll just call that. Uh, Abram and Sarai. Because we're just staying in chapter 12, I'm going to continue to call them Abram and Sarai, but talking about Abraham and Sarah. Okay? We're together. Good to go. Ready to read chapter 12? Okay, perfect. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in in Haran. Sorry, I'm going to say Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with, um, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. I'm going to go to the end of chapter 12. You just kind of stay with me. If things get weird, like try not to dwell too much on the weird stuff, and then we'll go back, talk about it again, Okay. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. 
He treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maidservants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and said, What have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. Praise God, everyone's favorite Bible story. Just so glad we get to talk about it today. Uh, This is a story that, at least for me, when I kind of know this is coming up, is just that cringe of, why? Like, what were you even thinking? Like, this is crazy. And why is this in the Bible? Like, can we just skip to, they were in Canaan, they left, they came back, and things continued. Like, what is going on here? Um, And as uh, we get to see the details of Abram's life, uh, we get to see his very serious mistakes and uh, get to learn from them, kind of take the shortcut of not repeat the same things. So now you know, don't go to Egypt and give your wife away because it doesn't work out and you just can save yourself a headache, okay? So we're just going to learn and make better choices. Um, But I know that you've been in that same situation where you're looking back on what was I thinking? Like, how did I even think that that was the right thing to do? Like, what even brought me to that point of making such a serious error? Uh, And I think a lot of times in our lives, it's because we end up in a similar situation to where Abram was. So we think of where um, he's left everything he knows, going out to this new land, Uh, they have a lot of stuff, so there's a lot of moving involved, which we all know is awful. Uh, Keeping track of everything, making sure everything gets to where it's supposed to be, stays somewhat organized so that you can find it again when you get there. And in the process, especially when we feel the weight of what we're doing, the responsibility of what we're doing, um whether it's God's given you some sort of gift or um, ministry or a job or an opportunity or a family, uh, and we take on all the responsibility for it. This is um, something that I'm going to do. Maybe I'm going to do it for God. Maybe this is something I'm doing for my family, something I'm doing for myself. Um, But we feel the uniqueness of our situation, um, the uniqueness of, uh, you know, starting this brand new job or um, dealing with this health issue or um, my child's going through this, and we end up feeling very alone in um, in trying to navigate life and and what we're trying to accomplish. So this this sermon is, or this message is things that Abram didn't know. Uh, And the first thing that Abram didn't know 
is that he wasn't alone. And I, and when we get into that mindset of, I need to make sure this works out, I need to make sure this goes the way I want it to go, um, we isolate ourselves from all of the resources that God has put at our disposal. Uh, and we end up living in a lot of fear of what will happen if it doesn't go the way I've planned it. Uh, and receiving these teammates, these missionaries, who are all called, they're all, they all have incredible gifts and talents and personalities and love for people, um, but they're all leaders, which teaching teachers, leading leaders, it gets messy. Uh, and uh, I know that <laughs> I see myself in that 19-year-old who's in Brazil, doesn't know how they got there, how, what, how to speak the language, what they're doing. Um, but it's not a situation that's unique to missionaries. It's something that I think we all end up in at some point of, uh, I'm trying to figure this out. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I need to find a solution. I need to make this work. I need to make this happen. Um, when we're in a new and scary situation, our first instinct is this sort of self-defense or defense of, of, um, of others and of our, of our, even of our family members. And when we're trying to protect something so desperately, do anything to protect this, uh, we end up making a lot of compromises in what we would normally do. So a normal situation where I wouldn't give my wife away to an Egyptian pharaoh suddenly becomes like a good idea when I think that this is my only way to preserve God's will for my life. If I die, can't have descendants, can't have a nation that's blessed that blesses other nations, so I need to figure out my quick fix around this problem uh, so that God's will can be done. Um, in addition to not being alone, that God is always with you in those scary situations where you feel like you're alone, you feel like no one else understands what you're going through. Um, God put you in that situation, and God knows what the best solution is to get you through the problems, to get you through each challenge. Um, and when we seek God for the solutions to our problems instead of the quick fixes, instead of the compromises, we can see that God has a much better plan. I mean, if this story had gone a different way, where sure there was a famine, he went to Egypt, but let God guide him through Egypt, let God guide be touch Pharaoh's life through Abram's example instead of bringing this curse with him could have been a very different situation that would have still ended up with the right outcome. Um, when you're in a new or difficult or scary situation, um, you're absolutely not alone. And we're not called to be the protectors of ourselves or our families or our jobs or our reputations or um, our, even our reputations as Christians. 
God doesn't give us those things or our gifts to protect them. Jesus tells very specific parables of, if I give you something, don't bury it in the ground. It'll be safe there, but it's not why I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you to be used, to bless you, to bless other people, to be used by God for good. Uh, Which brings us to, I think, the second thing, which that Abram didn't know is that he wasn't alone in that other people are suffering the consequences of his decisions. And we like to think, like, I'm going to uh, make the decision. I'm going to deal with the repercussions, whatever they may be. It's going to fall on me because I'm making the decision. And it would be it, it would be a different world if that were true. Uh, if you just, we'll just do a quick experiment just to see. Uh, so I want you to think. I'm going to ask for your response from you. So going to pause real quick, make sure we're kind of listening. Lorraine Bell, are you okay? Doing good? Yeah. Lorraine's been driving since what? One o'clock in the morning? So we're going we're gonna to do some things to make sure she, that Lorraine stays awake. I think she's actually the most alert right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not working. But um, I want you to think on your own life. Think about, uh, have you ever had consequences in your life from someone else's poor decision? Has your life ever been negatively affected by someone else's mistakes or errors or decisions? Just think. Okay. Raise a hand if that's you. If you've ever suffered negative consequences from someone else's. Okay. So a couple, right? Yeah. Everyone? Yeah. So the, the logic there is if I'm suffering consequences from other people is that other people are suffering consequences of my decisions. Uh, and... As we see in this story, often that's the people that we care about the most, the people that are closest to us, um, that have to carry the burden of what we do when we live and react out of fear. Um, And really the best way, think about this (laughs) today, Uh, staring at my dad as he's crying, thank you, is that fortunately or unfortunately, it's just true that the best way we can love others is through obeying God. And even when it feels like that's hurting them, even when it feels like I'm putting their life at risk, and it would just be better if for their sake I, you know, cut some corners or did what I had to do to make it work, the best thing I can do for my loved ones is live in obedience to God, in courageous obedience to God, even when it's, crazy of confessing to Pharaoh of Egypt, yeah, she's my wife, yeah, she's mine, Uh uh-huh, and deal with the consequences that way instead of making up this big story or trying to solve it our own way. Um, Third thing that Abram didn't know that I think would have made a huge difference is if he knew just how much God loves him. And when we know how much God loves us, the difference that that makes uh, that I don't have to do things to earn his love or to earn his grace or to earn um, uh, his respect or, or what I think that he's going to give me if I do this right, if I do this life thing the right way. He's just so gracious and so merciful and so compassionate. Um, and when we're trying to protect our lives 
protect the things that we have as far as um, my education and my job and my car and my spouse and my kids and um, my reputation and who I am and, you know, trying to fit in going to church sometimes and the baseball practice and the whatever and so busy and these things that not only am I trying to protect them, which isn't my job, but they become my identity of who I am. And so the thought of surrendering those things to God is not only surrendering all that I have, but becomes surrendering all that I am. And the truth is that that's not who we are in the first place, and that God knows who we actually are and loves who we actually are with or without all the stuff. And um, with going through lots of different cultures, trying to... um, let go of some American things, put on some Brazilian things, uh, there's a, there always comes a stage in that process of, I don't know who I am anymore. This person that I thought I was, you know, the mature, responsible, fourth grade teacher, just kind of taking care of everything, it gets completely lost in the shuffle of this crazy new life. And, um, but even things like, like personality of, kind of reserved, of, of a pretty quiet person, of uh, really struggling with making friendships, with making relationships that now is trying to mentor young adults and be their person when they need a person. They don't have any other person. They're coming to me, and who even am I anymore? Uh, and that's the beautiful thing of letting go of who we think we are, is that we get to become Christ, and we get to take on Christ, and recognize that God doesn't love us because of what we do for him, but because of simply who we are. Um, this is, next picture is my first two disciples in Brazil. Um, so this is actually Sarah. She's one of our team members. She's from Ohio. She's awesome. Um, and then Hayani and Ladiani are sisters, and um, and they're, so this is Hayani's daughter, Ellen, and their cousin's daughter. I think they were bringing to church with them a couple weeks ago. Um, and Hayani, again, talking about... Um, the danger when we consider ourselves leaders, when we think that we need to act or be a certain way because of some sort of position, even imaginary, that we think that we have within our family or our friends. Um, And I met Hayani just, we were going to do a service in the park, um, and we were walking through town from our house to the park, and I saw down the side street this building that I had been to, I think, two months beforehand, because we were doing all these scouting trips, looking for church buildings and all this stuff, and just recognized this building and thought, I wonder if it's still for sale, because we're still looking for a church building to buy. Um, So left the group real quick just to go see if they had a for sale sign, pick up a number, um, and saw Hayani and a friend of hers sitting out in front of their house across the street. So talked to them, asking, do you know if this building's still available? Um... And they just asked, what do, you, what do you want the building for? Well, we're thinking about um, buying it for a church. And said, well, we want a church. 
Well, cool. We have one for you, so come along. And they came with us and did uh, our outdoor church service that day. And Hayani was always um, talking about her friend, Michael. You know, Michael really needs a church. Michael really needs to uh, find God again and get plugged in again. Um, But she herself didn't have a church either. She'd been attending a church that had closed down. And um, in trying to just love on her and grow in relationship with her, um, we finally had a day where her sister couldn't come, and I tried to bring some of the girls from the team, and no one could be there, so it was just the two of us, which is exactly a God thing of what we needed. Um, And Hayani finally kind of let down her guard and opened up about just a bunch of junk that she had been carrying around for 15 years within the church because she was a youth leader and needed to be strong for other girls and had never allowed herself to open up about really horrible things that happened in her childhood and teenage years that she just thought that that was her job to carry those things around. Uh, And those things, too, can just become who we are. And uh, God loves me because I'm injured. God is taking care of me because I need him because of these terrible things that have been done to me in my past. And when we just let God take all of it, uh, he just wants to say to you, I know you. I know you, and I love you. And living in that place of being loved by God instead of fearful or trying to earn something, we get to see all that God is doing for our good, how God's working everything to truly heal us and to truly use us. Um, So the best thing instead of living in fear or having those quick fixes is to Seek out God for correct solutions to our problems. Uh, When we realize that other people are, are living the consequences of our decisions, we need to love them well by obeying God and being faithful to God. And when we recognize that God loves us, we need to be honest about who we are. We need to be honest about um, the things that we're carrying around and leave those in God's hands, uh, confess them to each other, and recognize that I don't need to wear that mask in order to be loved, because I just already am, just who I am. And when we've gone through all of that, we recognize that God's plan always prevails. And even in Abram's story, where he did not do any of those things correctly, and ended up in a very scary place that God already had a promise for him. And yeah, it got detoured for a while, but when he, when God entered in and when God enters in through our repentance, through our honestly seeking him, he has a way to get us back on track. And he took, got Sarai back to Abram, got them both back to Canaan. Um, if I were God at this point, thinking about, you know, he's seen all of the people on earth, knows all of them, thinking about teaching years of, okay, middle of the year, if I have 25 kids, I know them all pretty well in the middle of the year. So if I'm going to pick one to do something, I'm going to pick most responsible child, right? To go take the note to the office. 
If most responsible child gets to the office, there's a famine, goes to Egypt, gives his wife away, I'm not going to call on most responsible child the second time that I need something done, right? Just common sense. And that's not how God sees us. He doesn't let us fall one time and say, well, that's too bad. Let me find someone else. Uh, He's always in, in the work of restoring and renewing and taking us right back to where we need to be so that we can continue on. Um, I don't know if we have time for this. Can I ask a favor? Could we uh, sing one more song? One of the songs we did this morning, the uh, I Am Who You Say I Am, that one. Um, And just want to have a moment um, just to walk through some of those steps with God of recognizing where maybe fear has taken over, recognize maybe where um, we're settling for some compromises or some quick fixes where we need to be seeking God's best plan, um, where we're trying to protect our loved ones and are disobeying God in the doing so. Uh, where we need to be honest and confess, and where we need to repent and let God love us for who we are and love and continue to guide our lives through love. Uh, So we're going to pray. You can stand, you can sit, uh, and just let God show you those areas of your life that he wants you to surrender today. Is that okay? Let's pray. Lord, uh, we're just, I'm just sorry uh, for the times this year where I thought that I had the best solution. Lord, where I thought that uh, I knew what was going on, where I knew what that next step needed to be and just took it without even asking you if that was right, much less asking you for the solution in the first place, Lord. Uh, And I just so badly need your forgiveness for how that affected other people in my life, Uh, how that affected the plan that you had uh, for me and for others, Lord, and ask that you would do whatever necessary, Lord, to correct those mistakes, to Uh, bring us back to where we're supposed to be and and bring me to a place of complete honesty, of complete surrender, of of confession to you and to the people I've hurt and uh, that you would use all of those things to transform um, who I'm becoming and what you're doing through and in me and bring us back to your will, Lord. We thank you that uh, we are who you say we are. And we're not who we think we are, Lord. Amen.